are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to Locked On NFL. This is a great show because there was a heck of a strange game, but one that really worked out. Chris Carter and I are here today and we're brought to you by Pepsi. Due to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people ever play professional football. Instead, they join the league of football watchers. This season, it's definitely different. And Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Whether it's in Pittsburgh or anywhere else, Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Chris Carter, on location in Pittsburgh. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing all right, man. Been a long day, but it was, uh, and it's been a weird one, but I'm doing great. Well, hey, at least they played the game, right? It's only been delayed 17 times. Gosh, tell me about it, man. <laughs> tell me about it. It was just, it, it's, I've never seen something like, I mean, and that, that's kind of obvious. Like no one's ever seen anything like this in the NFL, but this was just to the height of just mystery and not understanding what the heck was going on. Every day, I've never woken up every day being like, "Is there is, is there a game? I don't know. Is it is like this is just a whole new thing." Wednesday, right? I mean, I, it just doesn't feel right. It's hey, it is what it is. I don't think it felt that great to the players either. Like when you look at what this battle was without Lamar, without a bunch of Ravens, how did you feel the Steelers dealt with that? I think the Steelers weren't necessarily phased by that. I think their biggest problem was. The, the you, you broke the routine and, you know, some of them made the adjustment, but others obviously didn't. You had three drops from Eric Ebron. You had drops from Deontay Johnson. You had, you had a couple drops from Chase Claypool, um, you know, and it, it, tur- it turned out being uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington, the two guys who were most experienced in the receiver room that came through for Ben Roethlisberger in, such a, in just such a weird game. Even Ben seemed off at times. You know, there was, on the fourth down where he threw an interception, he had Derek Watt wide open in the end zone. He just didn't throw it to him. And uh, that's uncharacteristic for him this season. If this was three or four years ago, I'd have been like, oh, no, that, that's Ben. He misses those occasionally. But this year, he's like seen those opportunities and taken them or at least tried to take them. And he was and that wasn't in his game this this week. Um, so I thought that was interesting on the Ravens side. Um, I felt like there was a bit of a fight there that they were, they were showing. But by and large, I mean, the, the two touchdowns they, they had came from a Ray Ray McLeod fumble on a punt where he should have called fair catch. And uh, a play where Terrell Edmonds just got spun around, um, you know, two, just two big plays that they that, that gave them, uh, you know, a long score and then great field position. Um, otherwise, I mean, they were their, their offense was taken out of the game. Uh, you know, they, they may have ended up with decent rushing numbers, but uh, this was this was another game where you you were able to run the ball at times, but you still weren't able to, to punch in a victory. And I know Ravens fans are saying, oh, well, we're down to RG3 and Trace McSorley. Well, you know, th- those excuses don't really count because. Last year, the Steelers were down to a professional duck collar at, four, at their four-string quarterback, and uh, <laughs> no one was feeling sorry for them. No. And, hey, that's what this game is. Attrition happens, and that's the reason for it. Yeah. So at this point in the season, given all that's transpired, now you've got the, the division here. Not a whole lot left that I think has to be too concerning for the Steelers. Is there is there something left to maybe be a question mark about the Browns, about the, the Bills? What if you coming from the Steelers' point of view, what is your hurdle from getting that number one seed and keeping the Chiefs out of it? 
Well, right now, it's definitely figuring out how they're going to keep the pass rush up without Bud Dupree. He's uh, torn his ACL. He's out for the season. He had eight sacks on the year. Um, even when he didn't get a sack, he was helping with the pressure. He was taking the, he was taking, making it so that teams just couldn't every play roll the protection to TJ Watt's side. Now you've got a situation where you're missing Bud Dupree at linebacker. You're already missing Devin Bush. You're, you're hoping you get Stephon Tuit back. All three of those guys, I mean, Dupree and Tuit between them had 15 sacks. And that's going to, that, that's rough. You, you hope, again, you hope you get Stephon Tuit back. Um, the, the Steelers have to stay focused one week at a time. They can't afford to look to the next one. The, t- the tweet from Stephon Tuitt was very surprising. He's usually a very quiet g- guy. You can't get much out of him. And for him to say it's going to be an easy one, that kind of broke away from all of the mentality that the Steelers have shown, th- shown this year. They've stayed focused week to week. They're not looking ahead, all those other things. Um, and they've said the right things. But afterwards, I think that it, it really hit home. Mike Tomlin was very adamant that they played uh, horribly. They call, he called it junior varsity after the game. And you saw that even in the young players like Juju Smith-Schuster, they were like, no, this was – not acceptable by any means. I think that this is the big thing for them is coming out in a short week, getting ready to play Washington on Monday at 5 p.m. Another weird time to play football, but hey, we're here. Um, and if they if they do that, they write the ship. That will that will help ease things over. But they absolutely they don't have an easy road here. Washington's defense has been picking up very well. Um, the Bills are a tough team, eight and three. The Browns, you know, they picked up, and that'll be in Cleveland for the last week of the season. Lots of things up in the air, man. Um, I think the Steelers, they're looking at this. This is the good thing about this game is that the Steelers, this is one of those games that in the past years where they didn't have this defense that was put together all around. Um, this was a game that you'd see them drop. And if they had dropped this game, then they'd be in a situation where they would need the Chiefs to lose to the Saints, you know, around Christmas weekend, or they would need to win out and then hope for that. Now they still have that room that they can win out and not worry about it. Or if they lose one, then they're looking, hey, maybe if they drop that to the States later, uh, then you have that room to recuperate. But I think the bottom line is the Steelers are still finding ways to win with their toughest guys. I, I think that's very commendable of what this team's done this season. You know, I thought the one guy that stood out to me in being in the right place at the right time, and nothing against Joe Hayden, but I thought Mika Fitzpatrick has really been the difference yeah. between last season and this season, right? Is there room for them to still get better before they get to the postseason? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think the run game is going to find itself a little bit more, especially you saw Marquise Pouncey not out there. Uh, J.C. Hassenauer, a guy who stepped in at the last minute, and there was like a couple plays where you saw the, the Ravens blitz double A gap, and he didn't block a single person. Um, and you were like, ooh, that's alarming. Um, so you got to see if they get that back. Uh, but uh, defensively, I mean, Mika Fitzpatrick, he dropped a pick that probably would have ended the game a little bit sooner. But, I mean, that breakup that he had at the end of the first half, I mean, they the Ravens catch that. Who knows where this game goes? Because that would have, you know, theoretically, if all the other points points are the same, the Ravens win the game with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but Minka's always been in the right spot this year. He's been very on point with breaking up plays. I think he, he has four interceptions on the season, um, and he almost had five today. He's a huge part of what's made this. I mean, he, he made the defense special last year. That's what he, when he came in. That's when they 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 took off. Um, there's st- there's still a special group, and uh, I think this defense is still going ways. The biggest thing for the offense is can they put this game in the rearview mirror? Can the young receivers in that group, Chase Claypool, who had a couple drops, Deontay Johnson, who had a couple drops, can they all say, you know what, let's hit the jugs all week, let's make sure that we're ready to go for Monday, and then that be what carries them forward and gets it back on pace. If they get back on pace and they put up, you know, they were averaging 29.8 points per game coming into this. That obviously took a hit with the 19 points they scored. Um, if they're able to get that up back to, towards 30, they'll feel, they'll feel like, okay, that was just a hiccup because the Ravens pushed this game back almost an entire week. 
Yeah, that's that's a lot. And this really, really shortened week here coming up again on a Monday. Yeah. Does that allow them to recuperate? That's the only question that I would have if I'm that team. Like, how fit can we get ourselves back in shape by the time we have to be on the field again? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, Mike Tom will tell you they're not making any excuses for themselves. It's like, hey, you know, they know what the job is. I think the biggest thing for the Steelers is that if this game stays on Monday at 5 p.m., they will have a, they, they will have the week that they planned for. Like, even though Sunday to Thursday is a short turnaround, right? But when you're, when you're used to it, you say, okay, Monday we do this. Tuesday we do this. Wednesday we walk through. Thursday, game day. But with this, it was Wednesday walk through. Wait a minute. I don't know if we walk through Thursday or what are we doing? Friday, are we playing Sunday? Saturday, we're playing Sunday. Nope, we're not playing Sunday. Okay, we're playing Tuesday. No, we're not playing Tuesday. We're playing Wednesday. Are we playing Wednesday? I think we're playing Wednesday. Yes, we're playing Wednesday. That's what the Steelers went through this past week. I think the big thing with, with this short week of Wednesday to Monday, they know that's going to be a challenge. But if it sticks to that Monday 5 p.m. slot, they will be able to make, you know, build the routine around that. I think that will help them recuperate that moving forward. Definitely a challenge, though. Um, they're going to ice up. I think you're going to see Ben Roethlisberger not practice uh, probably until Sunday or so uh, when they do a walkthrough. That's at least what he's done on short weeks before. Well, I, I appreciate it. I know you're up late, folks. That is Chris Carter <laughs> on the ground in Pittsburgh. Thanks, bud. Thank you, sir. Coming up tomorrow, Bo and Q will get you ready for all the games all weekend long. There are a lot of things that build walls in my life, and when I hit one, whether it's mental or physical, I break through with Go. They're easy to take one and a half ounce packages that you can put in your briefcase, your backpack, or right in your pocket. Built Go is the best workout gel on this market. It's five hour energy without that same crash feeling. So it's natural and it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with only a third of the caffeine and better results. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein that's quick, easy absorbing, and easy on the stomach. It's loaded with good stuff like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine when you need it. Bilko kicks me and keeps me going strong with B12 and B6, 10,000% of your daily percentage, and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Visit Bilko.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at Bilko.com. Welcome back on a day that Chris can't be here. I, I twisted the arm and I grabbed Ross Jackson so he can give us some kind of input that isn't mine. How are you, Ross? I'm good. I'm good. Just let go of my arm, man. Dang, I'm here. I'm here. All right. No, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. It's going to be fun because this is not our normal show. Obviously, Chris, is, we heard from him about the Pittsburgh game and that's he's all tied up. So I want to take it outside of this. And this has been a drama and we're not even going to go into the COVID thing. But I want to take a wider look because now we're at the point in the season where we got to talk about, you know, who's going to make an offseason uh, postseason run? Who's going to be those matchups? And I think, right. you know, the teams that we cover on a daily basis are the two that I had picked for this Super Bowl upcoming. Same, so same. we're in a good spot, but I'm I'm really kind of surprised at the turnaround really between what used to be more power in the NFC and clearly it seems that it's shifting to the AFC quite dramatically. Yeah. Is that your perspective too? Yeah, I mean, you just look at these, you look at the playoff landscape between each of these teams. I think that the, I mean, excuse me, each of these conferences, I think certainly the NFC East does not help the NFC by any means. <laughs> I think, you know, we of course have to keep that in perspective. But I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the competition over in the NFC is really between three teams at the top, and then it's just kind of a field after that. And even you might even say, I certainly would say, like as much as I like what Seattle has done, as much as what we've seen from Seattle as of late, you might even say it's a two-team race between the Saints and the, and the Green Bay Packers over the NFC. If you look at the AFC, it's a little bit more competitive all the way down the list. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and I would actually say that 
I'm still with the three thing because I, I feel like Seattle's upcoming schedule is going to help them a little bit. You know, yeah, definitely. Their their yeah. hardest games remaining are two divisional games at the end of the season, right? And in fact, we're going to have to talk about you know Kyler and and Russ and all that stuff here in a minute too. Yeah, of course, that's a big a big thing. But there's a lot going on when you have, like you said, the, like the albatross division that I think should have their new mascot for every team in that division. <laughs> um, you know, when four and seven right now is your division leader, there there are things that aren't cooking so well. Right at the end of the day, do you think that? the cream is still going to rise in both sides and that we're still going to see a good matchup. Or is this like everybody drawing everyone else down on one side and everyone trying to pick everybody else up on the other side? I think, I think that once you get to the playoff field, as it is, you're going to see competition no matter what, you know, I think that that's going to be the thing. Like every NFL game is still an NFL game. If these were, and and the thing about it is that these are still single elimination games. If we're talking about full game series, multiple game series, things like that, you could potentially see, you know, an NFC East team that is just kind of the, you know, the, the bye week for that, you know, for their opponent or whatever. But for the most part, what you're really going to see is that that can't, that team, that game should still be competitive to some level, just based on the fact that, look, if they win a game, they still advance just like any other team. So they still have something to play for. Be a little bit different. We're talking about, you know, a seven game series like in the NBA. It's like, all right, yeah, they're going to get swept because they're not going to be able to keep pace for four games. This is a little bit of a different situation. That's an interesting concept, though. I think I'd be down for that a month. Give me, give me seven <laughs> game series in the NFL. <laughs> That's a unique twist. And, you know, like, I'm really interested to see what ends up happening with the whole pandemic thing, because right now we're talking seven teams on each side. If they go to eight, you're talking about the, the one seed on the NFC side playing a team that's under 500 that can't scrape together points if they're out there begging on the street corners. And it just sets it up for the run itself, the postseason run to be a little bit different on the NFC side. Yeah. And it makes it a little bit tough for that number one seed, too. I mean, look, as a Saints fan, I know very, very well. And for covering the Saints, I know very, very well that it only takes one loss for the entire city to shut down. You know what I mean? And those losses can come in a multitude of different varieties. And so, you know, adding another game and having to play a wild card, a divisional and a conference game for every one of those teams does add a little bit of a wrinkle and makes it a little bit more uncomfortable for that first seed team. Yeah, I can imagine. I was I was in town the last time they lost a playoff game at home. So um, not great. <laughs> no, no. But uh, the breweries in town did very well that day. There I'll you go. There you go. <laughs> for them. Now, like we said, Russ, Kyler. Patrick, like this is starting to take shape now, and I still think it is a three horse race to you for the MVP of the NFL. Oh, yeah. No, I'm really glad that, you know, before it, it, it kind of has been throughout, right? It's been some variation of Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. Now I think you're starting to see it be a little bit more. Maybe it's Kyler in place of Russ, I think you could say. Because Aaron Rodgers is still playing very well. I think, I think Russell Wilson's still playing very well. Also, but he's sort of had a little bit of a drop here over these last couple of games. The, they had no business beating Philadelphia by only six points. And I know it was a garbage time touchdown, but still, like everybody's mad, not just about the spread, but because that should have been a very different performance. But you still got 177 yards out of DK Metcalf. So, you know, it is what it is. But no, I do think that it is a three, uh, a three man race at this point. I think that it would be great if we could just acknowledge a couple of non-QBs that could potentially be in this conversation, like a Dalvin Cook, like a Derrick Henry, like an Alvin Kamara. But it's a quarterback award. It's the MVQBP award. 
uh, or I guess QB award. But I do think it's between those three at this moment. But it can shift just like it shifted from early on in the season. Well, and that's the thing that, that sets it apart for me is unlike some years past where it's it's all said and done pretty much at this mm-hmm. point, this may go down to the last week that they play, you know, week 15 when the season ends. Yeah, which I think is awesome. Like, this is what I'm really excited about. I, I sorry, I just caught your week 15 joke. I, I, I'm so, I'm so not even like wanting to acknowledge that this season could come to a screeching halt that that just went right over my head. But I think you're right. It, it does, it, it is something that could continue to push through week 17, Ryan, uh, as right, the right. season, right? As the season is. Uh, but yeah, I think that that does make it all the more interesting and all the more to have that level of competition amongst teams in each of these conferences, but also individual players that are fighting for, you know, big awards at the end. Yeah. I'm really intrigued to see how it comes down the, the pike. Cause I think everybody's got that, you know, that race. I don't want to give too much away to a uh, gridiron heights, but some of that's true in my <laughs> mind. So, uh, we got to get into these games too, folks. So on the backside of this, we're going to tell you about, you know, the games that you should be watching Sunday locked on live has a pregame show, Ross, Cody, and I will be on there. So check it out. You can subscribe on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, everywhere you want to be. 11 a.m. Eastern, Locked On Live. So it comes down to just a couple for me. And I got to tell you, uh, I'll speak for Chris here because I think we're both glad that there's no Thursday night game this week. That's right. You know, a load off of our minds. So we get to talk <laughs> about the ones we want to talk about. And uh, for me, I don't I don't know your background. And I, I, this will be news for me when you say whatever you say next. I'm kind of an old school, let's run the ball and hurt people, play good defense kind of guy. My guy. Okay, sweet. My guy. sweet. Look, this, look, I, look, real quick, this Saints and Broncos game from last weekend, mm-hmm. my favorite game. My favorite <laughs> game I've watched in a long time. I Both love hard nosed football. but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. But so clearly the game for both of us this week then is Cleveland versus Tennessee. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I said it when he was drafted. I said it when they snubbed him in hard knocks and everything was about Baker. Nick Chubb's the best running back in this league, and I don't care about Derrick Henry. I like him, too. I'll take Chubb out of the two of them. What about you? I will take Chubb, too. I'm really glad that you said that. I will take Chubb, too, because to me, Nick Chubb is somebody that can be physical against bigger defenders. Derrick Henry is really, really physical and really, really great against smaller guys. He's great at stiff-arming Josh Norman. But when it comes down to like one of the which one of these guys am I going to take to get you know to bowl their way through a defensive lineman or a linebacker whoever might be in their way and that has the breakaway speed I will take Nick Chubb and I'll also take Nick Chubb for the receiving capability out the backfield as well. That's what I was going to say the more well rounded part right because yeah. I mean Henry is a one man show when it comes to that backfield right and we've seen that the balance of of Hunt and Chubb for Cleveland is something that's working. My question to you is, I didn't see them both being eight and three at this point. I, I expected some separation by this point. How do you think they've done to get here with the same record? And what do you think happens? Yeah, I mean, I think that this has been a surprise to everyone. The Cleveland Browns in particular, the Cleveland Browns own Twitter account tweeted out last week. Hey, guys, we're seven and two. Like they just realized it. <laughs> so like even they're like, well, wait a second. Here we are. Uh, I think that this is one that's that's really exciting and a fun matchup to watch. You have the number one rushing offense in in Cleveland going up up against the number one rushing offense. I'm sorry, the number two rushing offense with Tennessee. And then you look at which one of these defenses ranks better. Technically, you've got Cleveland fielding the better overall defense, right, in terms of total yardage and things like that. But this is going to be a really fun one to watch because the other thing that I think is going to set these two teams apart is actually as much as the run game is going to be a thing, it's going to be the passing game that could potentially set these 
apart? And do you take the 30th ranked Baker Mayfield led Cleveland Browns passing game or do you take the 21st ranked passing game in the league headed by Ryan Tannehill? I think, yeah, I think you can really go either way with those. I, I take AJ Brown to the house. That's yeah, what there I you mean. go. I think it's the it's the talent, right? It's the talent that you have around them, and you and and the other part of it too is just the play action game for Tennessee has been incredibly efficient and incredibly effective all season. And Ryan Tannehill plays that offense like a fiddle, a, 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 assuming he can play the fiddle. So it, he plays it really, really well and does a very good job with that team. Banjo, maybe I don't banjo. Know. Yeah, I don't know guitar. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of everything. We'll go with. It. <laughs> That's. I think that's going to be the highlight of the weekend. I'll be watching that one, whether I have to record it or not. But the later game that I think is more intriguing to me, and, and I didn't think it was going to be like this. I expected them to be tied as well with seven mm-hmm. wins apiece. And Arizona kind of let me down last week. Yeah. But the Cardinals versus the Rams is is shaping up to be who's going to try to keep up with the Seahawks? Who's going to try to make that uh, wild card push, right? Who's going to be in position to make some noise? And I just don't buy into the golf thing. Oh man, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I'm 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 with you on that. I think that I think LA has a better. Maybe not even say I think LA has the better defense between these two teams, right? And you know, Kyler is the younger quarterback that has seen less, but Jared Goff hasn't proven to me that he can, you know, that he can overcome any adversity that's applied on him by an opposing defense. So could they come out here? And then drop two straight games to divisional opponents. If it's going to happen, it's going to be against divisional opponents. That's where it's going to happen. And so to me, I look at the LA Rams defense being better, but will the Arizona Cardinals cause more problems for their opposing quarterback? Yeah. And that's, that's what, that's what it will come down to because we know how the broadcast goes. But for me, like this is the matchup of the week across the league because you can say what you want about Jalen Ramsey not being able to track down guys like, Tyreek Hill. Okay, there's a speed differential there. <laughs> That's yes, significant. <laughs> but Hop versus Ramsey is something that I'm going to watch every snap all day long because that's where it's happening for me. And I have a tendency to think Hop comes out on top myself. How do you feel about it? Um, I I'll I'll go a little bit counter that. I, I feel like Jalen Ramsey has a lot to prove as of late, particularly coming off of exactly the example that you set. Uh, you know, he's coming off of playing against much more athletic wide receivers that are speedier wide receivers, things like that over these last couple of weeks. Now he's got somebody that's extremely athletic. Yes. And DeAndre Hopkins, but that is a big time test for him. And this is an opportunity for him to prove something. So it's a little bit of an intangible thing for me, but I'll be interested to see if Jalen Ramsey could step up to the task. Yeah, I will too. And I'll just say this. If Hop has to catch it between three people and Ramsey's one of them, he ain't going to get it done this time. So. I, that's a good point. <laughs> it's going to be what it is. Now, this is not the last game that we should talk about because I think this has implications. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's not the marquee game. No one's really dialing in here to see what is the train wreck of an injury situation for the 49ers. Right. But they get to go up against a young Bills team that has kind of had fits and starts, and I feel like sometimes they get going and sometimes they don't quite remember who they're supposed to be. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about where the Bills are with themselves right now? I think that there's still a team that's that's trying to find an identity, which is concerning this late in the season. Yes, but they have every piece that they need available to them. They have a, a, a defense that at least started off strong and then kind of teetered a little bit and has proven that it can you know kind of go one way or another, depending upon the week. Honestly, they've turned into a week to week defense for me. But, you know, you look at the weapons that they have over on the offensive side with the running the pair of running backs they've got. Uh, Zach Moss has ripped off a couple of big runs as as well. 
his, his counterpart. And then you also have, you know, Stefan Diggs being in an offense that now allows him to really push the ball deep and, and, and working with Josh Allen. There's a lot of good pieces all around. There's no surprise to that. But what are they going to look like when they come out each week has been a little bit of a mystery. Yeah, I'll tell you this. It comes down to me about how you play the game with your attitude. And like Coach McDermott, I like the swagger and I'll take that. And yeah, 100%. We haven't done what we usually do is pick games, but I think honestly, I, I think this is a Bills game to win. I think they do, they get it done. Yeah, I mean, you know, can can the San Francisco 49ers come out and have a defensive attack that can play spoiler? Absolutely, but I, I think that you know Buffalo Buffalo can really start themselves a little run here toward you know through the stretch part of the season to hopefully be able to answer some of those questions about their identity a little bit more solidly not even for the public but for themselves as they 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 jump into the playoffs yeah i think that's going to be key to their season and honestly what we see in the postseason as well so Mm -hmm. folks you can hear him on tuesdays on this very show with his partner luke thanks for being on ross i appreciate it absolutely man such a pleasure and tomorrow locked on nfl returns with q and Bo to get you ready for the entire slate of games in the nfl this weekend thanks for listening today we'll talk to you then